When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 59 of Paderuni. Paderuni, of course, is sponsored by Jack Cody's beer, and uh, I had a couple of uh, duxies the other night, last Thursday, down at my club, which I run once a month in Drada in the old Molly's Bar, uh, which is part of Clark's Bar, so if you're ever in Drada, drop into Clark's, it's a really old interior bar with all the old shelves there and the uh, interior, and it's, it's pretty cool, pretty cool old bar uh, which hasn't been uh, changed and yet it's c- it's cool it's um lots of uh, great bands play then in the new venue called odd mollies and that's where i have my comedy venue last thursday of every month and last thursday of the last month gone by september we had paul curry but it's mad week it's been a mad week on Monday, I lost I lost so much of my life. My car just stopped going forward, and I I literally stopped going forward. I mean, it didn't it didn't cut out. The engine's still running, and it just isn't going forward and isn't going backward. And it's a write off. I've just found out. So um, and I dropped my phone, and the uh, face of it is smashed and there's so i had to drop my phone and my car gone in one day that was a pretty bad start you know it's like your literal physical way of moving around if you live out in the countryside and uh, your way of communicating because everything's on my phone uh, you know obviously the obvious the text and the emails the phone calls but um also my guitar tuner is on my phone and my music's on my phone and how I listen to podcasts is through my phone. And how I generally read the news is probably mostly on my phone. Mm. So that was the start of the week. Well, what happened then? Oh, I don't know. Tuesday night, yes. It was Barry Crimmins who you will, uh, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, will have listened to him. He's an American satirist, activist, comedian. And uh, I talked to him via Skype 
a few weeks ago and put that out and uh, he came over and did a gig in the Sugar Club and he was amazing and it's really like a, a small gang of about a hundred people who were really into it and uh, one girl had taken the bus all the way up from Cork and was going down on the night bus back down to Cork just to see Barry on her own and uh, just um, amazing Vicky actually was her name and and uh, Vicky Langan and she's I've checked her out she's a good performance artist and uh, has some good musical stuff out there if you check her out um, and uh, it, it was great he got a stand ovation at the end and he you know he did a brilliant show and he uh, flew over had 40 minutes sleep on the plane and he was a man in his 60s and put on just an amazing show and it was great to meet him face to face because I hadn't actually met him face to face before I I just talked to him on the phone and uh, well he then he was on his way over to London to do a gig in Leicester Square on uh, Friday night um, so it was really good to meet him and uh, I'll be over in New York hopefully in March and I'll hook up with him there face to face again and do some gigs with him hopefully that's what I'd like to say and his a special is coming out very soon uh, which was directed by Louis C.K. and it will be available on Louis C.K.'s website. Uh, that was Tuesday. Wednesday I did a small part in uh, Bridget and Eamon, a series where I is, you know, a comedy series on Irish um, TV and I was a DJ from the 80s. So meant to, sh- meant to have to shave, actually, for the first time in a long time to completely be clean-shaven uh, so they could stick a moustache and... Uh, yeah, I had a wig on, but didn't need to shave me for that. But I, I was an eighties DJ. Yeah, it was good crack. Good to be on a set. Uh, f- uh, haven't been on one for a while. And uh, on Thursday, I had the gig with Paul Curry. Paul Curry, who's also another uh, podcast on this, well worth listening to. I interviewed him at the Edinburgh uh, uh, Fringe, and uh, he uh, is just—I can't explain explain what he does because it'll sound not as good as what it actually is because there's a lot of kind of physical props mime you know that doesn't sound good but it is brilliant what he does and he came down to odd mollies which is on if you're from the draw region the last thursday of every night so you would and and uh, please come down and jack cody's provided beer there and i i handed out a few and i and we had a great gig and it was amazing it was just amazing thank you paul curry for doing that absolutely brilliant another podcast actually if you're just first time listener if you haven't listened to all of them another one uh, listen to apart from Barry Crimmins and Paul Curry, there's Michael Collins whose uh, play is on at the minute in the new theatre as part of the Dublin Theatre Festival, uh, and uh, he's uh, a play that he's in with his son, and he kind of talks about the whole thing that happened to the traveller community last year, I think, uh, when um, uh, almost a whole family of travellers were wiped out in a fire, and just the attitude to people. Uh, there was uh, Ireland. Ireland sheds a tear. Question mark is the name of the play. That's well worth seeing, and well worth listening to that podcast that I did with Michael Collins. I don't know what number it is, but I uh, have listened to it. Mm. Anyway, that was uh, was Thursday. Then Friday went up to Limavady to this gig in a uh, uh, Bean basically. You know, like a Bean is like a unofficial venue that this uh, couple have uh, and uh, invite people round. And a band like Lynched, who I don't know if you know, but they are, they've been on Jules Holland and uh, they've been they played up there. And lots of musicians love this venue. And I met the couple at the Stent Hall Festival, which I did up in Limavady before I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And uh, we they said they told me about this venue and they did trad and the Kayleys and all this crack. They also and, and I said, what about doing comedy? And they yeah, and it happened and it was brilliant. And the venue they also use it for community 
groups uh, and they have um, immigrant groups coming over or people uh, who are come from communities that are torn apart like I suppose Northern Ireland where it was in the past and uh, they can meet up and have meetings there and they just use it this venue which is a, like a barn at the back of their house in the middle of the countryside as, as a great kind of hub for different activities and, and it was really good and I hung out there they had animals that Billy the goat obviously there was cracker at the uh, really old turkey uh, I had a few photographs taken with cracker that was my birthday as well that day and uh, there was a chicken in the hanging around the living room I don't know what his name was and a dog called Tinker just a lot just cool they're trying to make that place into a a uh, glamping area as well so they're uh, doing up vehicles that people can sleep in as well and yeah, that was brilliant and then I did the parade in uh, Armagh on, in, in sorry in Ballymena uh, that venue on uh, the Saturday night and stayed again in Limba Fatty what a weekend and then uh, that was it that's my week mate and this week I'm interviewing Carrie who is a singer songwriter who I'm, I got to con- contact through Jimmy Smith, who's Jimmy Smith I've interviewed on this podcast as well, and have a listen to that. There's another really good one. There are loads of really amazing chats on this podcast, coming up nearly to 60 now, but there's some brilliant So I'm saying Jimmy Smith, Barry Crimmins, Paul Curry, Michael Collins. Listen to those four if you, if you can't listen to any more. Um, and Jimmy Smith was playing a gig up in JJ Smith's the venue in Dublin. He told me to come up and me actually play with Mary Coughlin, but the opening act was Carrie, and she's a, a girl who used to work with horses, and uh, we'll you'll learn all about it in the uh, podcast. And uh, her, she's got her second album out, which has been launched on the 9th of October in Whelan's, and she's touring around at the minute. Um, and so this is a good old chat. Uh, listen, Neil, thanks for checking out the podcast and. Uh, um listen to those ones i've i've told you about um and uh if you want to get on itunes give me a star rating if you do that uh if you want to do that i don't know why i'm talking like that now but anyway just go ahead and do that because uh that's what i need i need that you know um we've got some great ones coming up as well um mary Coughlin and um i can't remember who else but yeah they're coming up have a listen to this thanks for tuning in and do contact me on Twitter, Joe Rooney number one, or my website, joerooneycomedian.com, or um, Facebook, um, Joe Rooney Comedian, I think, or whatever. Uh, I can't bring any new friends on my actual Facebook. I've got the 5,000 and loads of people waiting, so I can't, you know. So send me a message through my, through my different... Uh, the ones that you can follow me on that uh, web Facebook page because some people send me messages on my normal Facebook page and I don't get them I, I, and I found a load that I hadn't got just the other day so um, because if you're not my friend I don't I don't know I don't see them whatever yeah so message me on Twitter or whatever and give me some feedback and uh, keep talking so everything's cool alright 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 have a listen this is Carrie she's going to play a song then we're going to chat she's going to play another song see you later sometimes it feels so I'm gonna break If I try Oh, I might be doubting now But I promise That I won't be for love You Float me 
Jimmy Smith is here, but I'm, I'm talking to you, Carrie. I'm not talking to Jimmy. <laughs> we, d- we didn't give Jimmy a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> he won't stop swinging it around. <laughs> but, uh, so J- J- Jimmy gave me your album last, uh, what was it, Saturday night? I've been listening to it since. I love it. It's brilliant stuff. Thank Ma- you. Like, really amazing stuff. And some uh, times I think of Karen, a bit Karen Carpenter on yeah. some songs. Is it with that? Would you? Yeah, well, I was I was very much stuck in a rut of Joni Mitchell, and I I mm. must have written an entire album's worth of Joni Mitchell songs, yeah. which I then parked and said, oh God, you know, would she ever get out of my head? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then Karen Carpenter threw me a line, and um, so oh, it's so frying pan pot, stuck with Karen Carpenter now mm. for a while, and because uh, because I can't help getting onto a vein and staying yeah. on it for a while. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's a good vein to be in. It is. She's amazing. Yeah, I uh, just, I just ma- will make sure that I don't start listening to Motorhead or something. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be something else, actually. Yeah, uh, but uh, well, but did, did you? Um, this is your second album, is that I yeah. that I've got right? Yeah. yeah. So how long have you been like kind of have you have you t- have you played live a lot or you know what I mean? How long have um, you been doing? Because I know you. Well, I, I released Jelly Like It, which is the first album. Yeah. You don't have that. Um, yeah, yeah. That was in 2011. Right. And right. then and then I did gigging for a year, and uh, it was kind of difficult. Yeah. You know, I, I found it. I found it really hard. So I stopped for two years. Y- you didn't like the. F- being on stage, you didn't like the yeah. the whole. I life didn't thing. like the gigging. I don't know how right. to expand on that. It was just craptacular. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It was 
once I was on the stage, I was usually okay. And people or audiences are are always so kind, and yeah, you know, they're they're always really nice to me. I have to say, but they're not there with me during the week to reassure me when I'm freaking out. That's mm. what would happen to me. Mm. You know, come mm. Wednesday, I'm just totally bet down from it. Jesus, and yeah. um, and then I mean, that's kind of what happened. Uh, Nick Drake, he could never perform live, ah. apparently. <laughs> so, but don't end up like him now. But that's, anyway. that's great. That's that's good to hear. Well, no, I know, you know, well, yeah, I love he, Nick Drake. He, he had to turn his back to the audience. I think at the few gigs he did, I don't think he did many. If I start doing that now, just slap. I think. <laughs> yeah, you won't get away I, with that. Y- no, not not with Jimmy. Um, yeah. What did John? I think I think Nick Drake was a genius, and oh, I think nice that John Martin put it nicely about him. That he had a little problem in his nut, mm. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, but it But he just wasn't. He just wasn't one of us. I don't think. I think Nick Drake was was mm. not never meant to be human. Mm. You know, what what was it? Um, uh, what was said about the song that the guy did about Vincent Starry Night? Oh, yeah, this world was never meant for one as beautiful as you. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, and I think that a lot of. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean you want to be in front of people or famous just because you've written and recorded music. Not not necessarily. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but I'm just saying maybe some people just want to write some music and put it out, and that's it. Exactly. Yeah, Mm. pull an enya on it if you can. I don't know. Mm. I mean, this might get me in trouble, but I I have a theory that it might not be a very healthy thing to make a living from your talent always for some people. Mm. You know, even if you're above average, mm-hmm. even if your talent is above average, it might not be the best thing, the best idea to to try and and, and make your financial living from it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you may just end up saying, right, that's going in a box and it's staying there. So and, and oh, well, it, and it did for me for about two years. Okay. Yeah. Packed it up completely. Hated it. Yeah. 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 But you mean people will really come to my gigs now, all happy. And <laughs> and <laughs> well, so, uh, no, but obviously you you are gigging now, and so that's like I uh, did uh, the last y- gig y- I did was in JJ's, and I mm. got onto the stage. It was a little tight, and I kicked a music stand onto the audience. <laughs> the guy caught it, and uh, high five, and you know you can imagine the first words out of my mouth. Yeah. Even though it wasn't into the microphone, in fairness. It was. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I nearly yeah, took him did out. Did you but know that's, what? That's nervousness. That's not clumsy. I'm not a clumsy person. Yeah. But my right leg said, "No, can we leave?" <laughs> I just tried to do a turn. <laughs> In fairness, now when you get on stage when there's a band on, there's an awful lot of pedals and bits yeah, of yokes no sticking out all no. over the place. No. There was no band. No, no. It was the, <laughs> the stuff was there because Mary and her band, Mary Coughlin, were coming on after. Yeah. I was I was um, doing the, the, what do you call it, the support act? Yeah. Yeah. For, for her. I so mean, I don't even have the lingual yet. Yeah. The <laughs> the yeah. yeah. Support act. Uh, but it's funny on stage anyway. It's something like that might have seemed massive to you, but the audience probably didn't even know. Do you know what I mean? That could happen. I know when, when I started off doing stand-up, um, and you'd have the glass of water would be on the floor beside the mic stand, and... 
just when you'd bend down to pick up that glass of water, it felt like ages mm-hmm. of silence mm-hmm. and to drink. And you'd end up like just throwing it at your face. Yeah, put it exactly. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. I cannot drink on the stage yeah. because I'm 100% sure I'll headbutt the microphone, I'll kick the glass and it'll just all and I'll probably damage equipment, you know, and set the place on fire. So I can't do that. So you just have yeah. to stick with the dry mouth syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you've no idea. Even the tiniest little things. Yeah. Nah, it's funny on site. So, and then you, you, uh, from what I know of you, before you've done all this, you worked with horses, uh, breaking horses, Mm -hmm. breaking their spirit. Oh, God, I know. It's a terrible term. It's a a really bad term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, uh, breaking them as in uh, getting them, saddled and yeah. used to having a rider and all the crash that. test dummy Mark. Yeah. you were the person that yeah. that's amazing isn't it so were they booking and everything you would get on them no and the, no that's a misunderstood oh, thing actually i think that's that's the american western way that 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 idea came from oh, okay but um i was yeah i broke horses for about 15 years mm. and um but i would never get up on a horse until i was quite sure that I was going to be, you know, well, I never really was sure further past 60%, to be honest, but mm. that was good enough. That's mm. You'll never get any safer than that, really, mm. because they're a live creature and they'll make a decision because they're herbivores. They'll, they'll shoot from the hip and come back and ask the question later on, but you're unconscious, so you can't answer. Yeah. But like, so I would never get up unless I, unf- unless I felt safe. So I'd have them for a few days. Mm. and uh, But generally, the animals that I got were... Um, they weren't really used to any human contact, only because in Kerry, there just were, weren't very many sports horse families oh at right. the time. You know, yeah. like 20 years ago in Kerry, there was the odd syndicate for a thoroughbred. Mm. And um, just not very many people going out doing anything like show jumping or anything like or that. Because they weren't, you know. No. Not really, to be mm. honest. No, the terrain isn't very suitable. Um, there's there's hunting there now. It's only drag hunting, mind you. They don't hunt mm. live animals. Um, and it's you know so th- so the type of horses I was getting in, I came in. I started it when when the whole interest in the sport horses in Kerry started itself. Right, right. So I was um, I got in on the ground floor and I got animals in that had never seen a head collar. So and they'd be rounded into the stable. Off of, off of the trailer, you know, just no rope, no... And, and they would have just been running around the, hip, the, the hills. Somebody would have bought them probably from a fair or something yeah. and thought, got a mad notion, I'll have a horse, it'd yeah. be grand. And um, I even had two, I had a back door and a front door to my stables because, and the back door led out onto an arena uh-huh. so that I could open the back door, the animal would dart out, I'd go in, clean its bed and stable and put in everything it needed. That's if it was totally nuts. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd round it back in. Yeah. And but but they're so smart, you know. Horses are um, are like dogs; they yeah. want they want to fall in line in a group. They want they need to be part of a herd, even if the number is only two. Right. You know. So um, I would I would have to take advantage of that moment where they're looking for somebody to follow. Mm. Get in there; it's a small enough window, and then they're your friend. You know, you, if you if you develop their minds um, lovingly. Yeah, and the men doing this job won't admit that, but that's what they're doing. They're making friends with the horse, yeah. and um, and they're showing showing the horse that there is a there is a partnership you can get in on here, and ah. and they're like a dog. Then 
Yeah, just like a dog. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I haven't. Uh, re- I actually did r- work for two summers in Iris Kellett's did you? riding school. Did you? Yeah, my last year before I did the leave insert, my that summer and the summer after. Oh. And I just was looking for work around in my driving around in my little motorbike, yeah. going from place to place, and I ended up found this place and uh, I got mm. a job but I never got up on the horses I, I was uh, mucking out uh, saving actually I didn't muck out that much because they would have uh, students who would pay to muck out that's right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, and they word. would come from all over like they come from France and Australia and all over and uh, um, mostly girls I know it's a great place to yeah. work for me okay. when I was 18 <laughs> lovely girls and uh, <laughs> And uh, um, I so uh, yeah I wor- I worked uh, uh, I helped shoe a few horses and uh, um, I was actually asked me if I would Doc Martin boots or or <laughs> heels or yeah. oh yeah stilettos but yeah, classy yeah. classy yeah horses. you were holding the horse really to be truthful Come on you didn't put any shoe on any horse oh, no I didn't but the shoe <laughs> I was holding yeah 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 oh yeah and I helped build the uh, the cross country course for the three day oh, event oh god that kind of thing. yeah that's so hard work yeah. Yeah, go but and saw down some branches there. It'll take you only a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And hurry up. And uh, I was pulling the, uh, what do you call that weed? The poisonous one. Ragworth. Uh, Ragworth. Pulling Ragworth. Yosethon. Oh, what's that again? It's a in Irish. Is it? Is yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. yeah, they grow while you turn around. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're just, they're like the leaves in here. If you, if you turn your back, they'll knot up. Yeah. And uh, so, you, so I'm out pulling Yosethons three times a year. It's kind of an obsession of mine. Actually, yeah. I've turned a little bit weird about it. Yeah, and looking at the neighbours, Yosethon's growing. I say that word enough, <laughs> people just turn off. Oh, that's lovely. Because <laughs> it'll, it it'll kill every animal, except yeah. if you've sheep, they can. Um, this is like an agricultural lesson here. If you've yeah. sheep, they'll eat it as a rose when it's really small on the ground. Oh, and would but the, the sheep, sheep keep, it, farm, keep so. it down? The, ke- the yeah. sheep would keep it off the land. Yeah, yeah. There's no way of getting rid of it then, just by you have to just keep. You it. can spray it, but yeah. not to hell with that. You know, it's 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 yeah. it's easier just to spray it. Yeah. Mm, to or sorry, to pull it, to pull it. Yeah, to pull it. yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, that's what I did for a few days. I that was, was the I pulled Yosethons. Yeah. So uh, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I was just trying to impress you by saying I, I worked with, with Irish Kelly <laughs> because she's we, a big name. Yeah, she was, and yeah. she she won the Aga Khan a few times. And yeah. Was she on the team for the can She might have been, I actually. Think she yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. Way back. Yeah. Yeah. She was a trailblazer in Ireland for, yeah. for women show jumpers. It's probably the only sport, actually, that is equal, male and female. They both contest over the same track. Right. You know, there's no. Um, That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. well, it's the only one I know of. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of another one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so, I mean, it doesn't really, you don't have to be, I mean, I'm not saying this just because of women, but right. you don't have to be a big fella, obviously, to uh, control a heart. I mean, Paul Dara was a tiny little man yeah. and he, yeah. he he was in the show jumping. I think it's 80% yeah. mental. That's why I had to give it up. Yeah. I didn't have the nerve for that either. Yeah, I'm an ostrich, really. So beca- I think if I could have got a handle of the nerves problems... I more than likely would have stayed show jumping. And uh, people think that it's a very posh and well-to-do sport. Mm. You know, it's not at all. It's not. It's it's people 
who get addicted to show jumping will live on bread and water in order to be able to take their horse to a show maybe once every two weeks or something. Yeah. Because it's just it just they get under your skin, those animals. Yeah. And yeah, but they're very healthy. They're very they're great. I would advise if people are, are humming and hawing over the decision and they have the means, I would get a, a horse for a child. Yeah. Yeah. And they're therapeutic in Can they uh, can they suss you out if you're how how do you control a heart? I mean, can they suss you out if you're weak? If, if you're, they think they can mess with you. If you're on yeah, the horse, yeah. Even when you go to a riding school, even though yeah. the horses know the crack and they're to go for a trek, they know. Look, this fella really is just hasn't a clue. Yeah, I'm gonna have some grass. That's <laughs> what they're like, you know. Um, but I think what happened with me was the horses would know I was nervous. And it would affect them in competition. So I ah. could I could do it at home. I couldn't at the show. And I, I have one really good mare who seemed to just say, oh, your one is going off on one again. Look, just I'll do it. Just sit there, will you? you yeah. Know, she was great. And she got injured at six. And I still have her. I couldn't part with her. She's 21 now, dottering her on the field. Yeah. You know, she's she's great. What's her name? Maggie. Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So were you were you writing songs through all this time work? Uh, you were working with horses for a long time, right? Yeah, really long time. So yeah. were you writing songs? I wasn't. No. no, no. I was thirty six when I wrote my first song. Jamie. And but I always had the radio on. Yeah. The, the, you know, um, I I thought when I was a kid I wanted to be an actress, and then I discovered no, I just like watching movies, <laughs> and you know I just I thought that. I thought that there was something that was um, exhibition-y sort of about my character that I wanted to do something to do with being on stage. And then I thought, oh, I want to be a comedian, actually. But, you know, uh, if I was to even be funny in front of my friends, it would it was just a... I'd have breaking horses way easier. So <laughs> I, I just really? couldn't... Yeah, I couldn't get it together to do it. And, and then... But at 36... Um, I d- it seemed whatever side of my personality was taking a back seat for all that time reading the newspaper or something just said, that right, I'm coming out now, that's it mm. get out the flipping way the I'm, ready. I'm, I'm out now, yeah, my mm. turn and she's a bitch that <laughs> one So <laughs> she's really difficult going so she's dragged you yeah, she won't let go <laughs> Yeah. so, I don't know and um how did you write your first song? Like, so was it acoustic on the acoustic guitar? No, I can't play. I couldn't play anything at that yeah. point. And now I can play in dadgad open tuning. But after about six songs, six they all sound the same because I don't, I don't. Yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. Enough. So that's a, that's that's incredible. Like because I've always thought that you didn't have to be. Great musician. I, mean, I would say Shane McGowan probably isn't a great musician, and he's written some of the most amazing songs yeah. ever. Yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really has. Yeah. yeah, but he'd go away actually. They're, I mean, they're just amazing songs. Yeah. Yeah. So that is fascinating, isn't it? That you don't r- actually have to be. Maybe it even sometimes might curtail you a little bit if no. you know more about music. Or yeah, I well, I always I don't know, Jimmy. Maybe you could answer this question i'm going to ask you jimmy if if you're writing a song and you know too much about music maybe you'd 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 uh um you might go I ah, that doesn't work and if you don't know something about music, you go well I d- you don't know the rules it's interesting you dichotomize right if you're a, a really good musician if you've worked very hard at being a, a, 
theorist and all that stuff. He divorced that from the artistic side of it. That's what I like about Carrie, is that Carrie does these incredibly complex melodies, mm. uh, completely to the point lyrics, and she doesn't know. It's almost like a, a naive talent, right? Mm. That's already jumped. And she would do so, like, I mean, I would know theoretically, uh, yeah, and I write myself, but it's always a little bit compound. There are two ways. You can either be hampered by your knowledge mm. or you can expand what you want to do, depending on what. Uh, then there's just some people who are in touch with the divine, and she's one of them. And Ma Van Morrison's one of them, and a few other people I've worked with before who will say a turn of phrase, a melodic turn, a melisma. That's just, I would never thought of that, and it, touch, it resonates, the Pythagorean resonation type of thing. I don't know what that means. Nor do I, but it sounds great. <laughs> and it's like, no, Pythagoras, Pythagoras came up with the modern... Uh, diatonic scale right he was cool yes of course he was and he figured out the, f the, the perfect fifth the major story I mean, if I saw like that's pretty much Pythagoras came up with that mm -hmm. right and he, he developed these intervals so he realized that certain intervals resonate I don't want to get too hippie on your ass here but it's like vibrations frequencies you know the Nazis used it people use it for torture the Nazis pretty much decided we tune to A440 now I bet you didn't know that, but anyway. No, what? what? Explain. A440, if you play A, if it's, the resonation is A440 cycles, right? And that's a decided thing. It's a bit like time. We've decided what time is. Mm. We've also decided what A is. Uh, so yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone tunes to that. That wasn't always thus. So there's a whole theory that goes on A4, A432, actually is a more resonatory. So you get into quantum physics and hippie stuff there. However, when you hear someone who writes what is a song, it's the synthesis of a melody, a lyric, an emotion. That's the thing you can't quantify. Mm -hmm. And when I heard Carrie do this song, Elbow Deep, it just floored me. And I was like, okay, she doesn't even know, I don't want to make her sound like a, a legion or anything, she doesn't even know how, how important or how resonatory that is. Mm. And I know some great, great songwriters who make, write great, great songs formulaically, mm. and they don't touch me at all. Mm. I've sort of few that do, she, she's the first in 20 years that I've heard her go, wow, that girl is in touch with something. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know what I don't want to explain that and I don't want to get spiritual on it, but there is an, an otherness to music that all, no amount of theory will explain. Yeah. No, I know no what I mean there is I mean I don't know, but I mean they say uh oh, I was like I don't know who said it, maybe Keith Richard or something that you you just uh wait for it's something like it says there's loads of music just flown around over your head and you just wait till something Conduits and she, you know, some of us are conduits of lesser gods or whatever. Mm. The likes of Carrie is a conduit of something more for me. And uh, when I hear Van's early stuff, uh, even the Stones, any of the people I like, uh, they always tapped on some. You know, if you break it down to a lyric, I love you, you love me, Moon and June kind of thing, it's like, well, what the fuck is special about that? Mm -hmm. But there is something, an undeniable special thing that resonates with you, with whoever your favorite band at a certain point in your life was. Mm -hmm. So that's a, an emotional attachment. And uh, that's almost impossible to quantify you know mm. so you know all about music and you can't actually do that sometimes you do but mm. some somebody like carrie seems to seems to be able to drag it out of the ether mm. so she's a conduit i think yeah mm. and carrie so how do you how do you uh write uh do do, do, do you sing a melody into record it into a yeah d i don't know iphone or something yeah. i'm sorry to jump in on this she sent me one a couple of weeks ago yeah. but she's singing in a yard somewhere right yeah. which is all in the key of E flat. I don't want to get a, a thing. And she never wavers. I put it into Pro Tools and play some stuff behind it. And I was, she's never gone out of key. She's been perfectly in tune the whole way through with no reference. You know what that's like. You pick up a guitar and you, you're writing a song. You don't even know what you're doing yet. And it comes out almost as a complete thing. She obviously thought about it and whatever. But even her performance of it. 
I've never heard her sing a bad vocal, for instance. Because she's been in here several times and in my wee place here. And we could do the same song a million times. And it's as good every time. I'm dreading recording. And I'm going to work with her on a new album. That's going to be a nightmare because it'll all be good. You know what I mean? So you have to pick which is the best of the good. You know what I mean? Mm. Most of you are tuning singers and nobody can sing. For sorry, she can, she's really pure. I'm just looking for the off button for his <laughs> mic. No, come I on, don't Harry. I can't. I can't. I'm just. Mm. Can I just ignore all of that? I had left the room. I wasn't here <laughs> for those few minutes. I don't oh know. Well it's, 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 uh, that's way too. Oh, pretty thank cool. It's pretty cool. And so, are you? Uh, I just, just. Uh, I won't dwell on this too much. But say you, say you're brushing uh, horse shit or something. Yeah. Does some uh, melodies come into your head? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. Um, the if you well, when I have a busy body, if I'm a little bit complacent about my work, it's because I've been doing it for too long. So, so I'm not. I'm not trying to say that it's okay to just leave leave the room of your head while you're around a. An animal that could squish you, yeah. but uh, but I've been doing it for so long that I don't have to think about certain stuff. So, you know, the lights are turned off and the door is ajar, and whatever happens comes in and takes over. And then there's then you know I haven't thought about it too much. I don't like to think about them because if I think about them too much, they're not usually any good. Mm. So if I if you can stand aside, then um, mm. then go go with what comes first. I think usually. Yeah, well, that's another yeah. thing. I don't like. I've come across like I know about these things, but uh, I think Eno kind of came up with some kind of an idea like that. Like you, sh- you should be doing something else. Yeah, is that, that a bleak yeah. strategy? And I think Paul Simon uh, hits a ball off a wall constantly. He starts generally. Yeah. Sorry, he d- sorry. He thinks his uh, the first line of every song should be a fact, right? I mean, almost. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Mama pajama roll out of bag. What does it mean? I don't know, but it starts the song for him. You know what I mean? It'll give you the idea. Put That's a picture and in it's head. a fact. So he says, start your song with a fact. But he's also a guy that can channel that thing. Because he'll play something with the chords you know very well on guitar, C, F and G mm. or whatever. And yet there's something. What is that? It's fucking amazing. It's impossible to quantify. So as a musician, I'm open-minded enough and I'm always touched by that. You know what I mean? That's what I think she has there. And I, w- I don't want to ruin that and I want to just kind of make it, nurture it somehow. Mm. But Carrie, as you said, she's very self-effacing about it, which is great. Because mm. I think, I think, oh God, I don't want to say it about Van or whatever, but I think he just kind of took it for granted afterwards and has been writing the same song for 20 years now, you know. Edith, Edith, beep, you better uh, beep, 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 watch beep, yourself beep. there, Jamie, because uh, on our podcast, you already <laughs> tore into Van. <laughs> well, look, we all know that Van Morrison's king. Yeah, he's yeah. brilliant. I mean, he's yeah. a huge fan, don't get me wrong. And That's why you can say his name so much. And I just fucking loved him, and I'm going, yeah. I just look at the... Of all, all the and Nick Drake, I'm kind of glad this is horrible. Nick Drake died because he didn't get corrupted by the whole thing. You know, he still left us brighter later and five days left. Fantastic, uh, naive, but pure songwriting and singing. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he was 67 or 70, whatever he'd be now, and he's done the Bruce Forsyth show and he's playing, you know, whatever it is now that he's doing, living in his big house. You know, he'd, 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 by definition, he would have been. Corrupted and uh, diluted, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, he'd be like the Pink Floyd fellas or something. Yeah. Well, he's that kind of ilk. No, Floyd are great and everything, but uh, they were they were posh boys. But you could see you well, could posh see boys Nick and Nick Drake, Drake going that way, couldn't you? So, yeah. The, oh, sure. Yeah. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> the best thing about Nick Drake is though is that he sang in his posh voice as well. You know, he really? well, you know, he listened to Nick Drake. He, he it's yeah. a very posh. I've never heard him speaking. No, 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 singing, singing. Don't you think? 
He was one of the very few. That's okay. I'm just roar. <laughs> he was one of the very few that could sing in his accent and was acceptable. Generally, Carrie was saying. <laughs> no, I said earlier on. I generally don't like Morrissey. I'll buy. It took a while to buy Morrissey. Uh, Peter Gabriel, I will completely buy singing in that. But generally, when somebody sings and there's vaguely rock and roll in an English accent, it just sounds odd to me. Or with an Irish accent either. It, I, we talked about this before. You've just done a gig with Music Mary Cochran. Yes, ma- well, there you go. A perfect a- example. Mary couldn't be more bogger if she tried. Her thing comes all the way through, and it's just purely authentic and unique, no matter what she does. She's got all the spirit of everything she's trying to convey, but she's from Galway, mm. and it's clear. You know what I mean? Yeah, so and I mean, what I'm saying is, well, I, you would disagree with me. You're saying you should have a, a mid-Atlantic. It's a, it's a, we had this argument before. It depends. For very few of them I'll buy. Nick Drake, Nick Drake would have been one of them. Mm. And Peter Gabriel. I don't know why. Again, it's one of those unquantifiable things. I think it's the lack of contrivance. If they don't co- contrive to do it, I'll buy it, or you'll buy it, or we'll buy it. If they contrive to do it, as a statement, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uncontrived with Mary Coughlin and with people like that. So, uh, that are you, are you genuine? <laughs> I am totally. I just saw kind of a sarcastic. No, I might have been just eyebrows. Uh, every time, I, every, you're not on mic now, Jimmy. So right, okay, that's. Uh, <laughs> I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, this is your interview. What's going on? <laughs> I'm. I'm. I've got this new album, Perpetual Motion, and that's mm. what's going on for me anyway. At the moment, mm. I'm going to Whelan's on the 9th of October. Yeah. Which is just keeps getting closer and closer, and um, then on uh, that's my launch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to the Triscoll in Cork on the fourteenth. All right, cool, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, which was a great idea at the time, but now you know there's going to be ten of us in the church, and it's going to be very echoey. And but um, you know, that's what it it'll be great. <laughs> Stop it now. Yeah, I'm going to get cut out, card audience. <laughs> I think anything to absorb the sound, you know. Yeah, I'll bring a few of the dogs from home. Cooper Pupkin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, type of. Uh, no, you'll be great. I know you will. And um, I'll be there at the no- on the ninth, so for sure, for sure. Oh, good. Um, so heckling is heckling is is is, is good. You know, it's <laughs> if there's yeah, one person that's not going to heckle, it's, it'll be me. It'll I've be I've I have experience of being heckled, so I, I definitely you? won't heckle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just turn off their mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but listen I love the album it's brilliant thank you and you're a top class person oh thank you we're in our new affair when the jeans you wear become loose fair every inch is Filled with anticipation Shocks run the length of my spine The end came so fast And the rapture I didn't see it coming For you the novelties worn off For me the slow Motions and play hang out your dirty laundry, you will find guilt stains on your sleeves, elbow deep in the mess you made. 
That song, that song you just heard is Elbow Deep and the first song that you heard before the interview was This Time and uh, they're both on the album, new album uh, called Perpetual Motion and uh, I believe Carrie Carrie is touring around the country so yeah, keep an eye out for look, look her up on um, uh, Google her her name is Carrie with K K-A-R-R-I-E and uh, she's a good woman and uh, well worth checking out and next week I'll be talking to Jer Walsh who's a director of a film called South which uh, I'm in but I mean that's not a reason to you know I am in it but um, he's a great director and uh, a good man and um, I have plenty of, plenty of good ones coming up actually so uh, I'll be talking to Mary Coughlin I believe in the next week or so and Paul McGlynn too so uh yes and thanks for uh thanks for having the old uh, listeny whisney and uh, for um um feedback is great and I've been getting lots uh, recently and uh I'll thank Jack Cody for sponsorship and if you're in the uh, Waterford area uh, coming up I'm doing a further ted it's called further ted it's me uh, Patrick McDonald and Michael Redmond as in uh, Owen McLove and mm, Father Stone in the Theatre Royal in Waterford on the 7th of October and in the um, Ramar Theatre in Virginia on the 8th of October. And uh, 
you can uh, go online and get tickets um, at both of those places. Uh, it's an eight o'clock start. Um, and uh, some gr a good one coming up in Wexford uh, in the Spiegel tent on the 30th of October where uh, we'll be doing that Father Ted stand-up show, but also they sing with the band after the show in the Spiegel tent on the 30th of October. It's Sunday night, but it's a bank holiday weekend. Um, but all my dates are on my website, uh, joeroonycomedian.com. Uh, yeah, well, listen, thanks for, uh, to Daniel Rooney for production and um, uh, Andrew Mangan Production Castaway Media for hosting and uh, Jack Cody for sponsoring. You've been um, listening to my podcast. I've been talking to you. See you next week. Goodbye. Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated, like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply.